Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Let me understand this. He is claiming he has a serious brain injury. Gwyneth Paltrow, the Oscar winner is claiming that she lost a half a day of skiing. Hmm. Brain injury, half a day of skiing. Brain injury, half a day of skiing. What's the jury going to make of that? Of course we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. Guys, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thanks for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, I want you to hear from the horse's mouth, Gwyneth Paltrow on the stand. Is it true that you feel it's unfair that Mr. Sanderson has brought this case against you? I do. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation? Well, I lost half a day of skiing. Uh Right. Okay. And um, I think that's, that's what your counsel has argued as well, that you lost a you had a full day pass, but you can only ski a half a day. Yes, I went back down after lunch. Right, and that's when you had lunch and you got a massage? Yes. Okay. Um, didn't get your knee checked out, didn't have any kind of medical attention? No, it didn't feel acute in any way. It felt just like I had overstretched my knee and I had sustained a blow, but it didn't feel like it needed medical attention. Well, she was so upset she had to have a massage. I hate when that happens. Okay, wait a minute. Let me understand this. The retired optometrist that says Paltrow plowed over him, giving him actual brain injury in a ski accident, that's his claim. And she's claiming that, uh, well, hold on. Well, it was a very expensive situation. Well, I lost half a day of skiing, yes. Jackie, can I just hear that part one more time, please? I just can't really hear it enough. Is it true that you feel it's unfair that Mr. Sanderson has brought this case against you? I do. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation? Well, I lost half a day of skiing. Okay, well... There you heard it. I guess that's what the jury's going to use to determine damages, if any. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what's happening in the Gwyneth Paltrow ski collision case. It's happening right now. The all-star panel is going to weigh in. But first, I want to go to Emily Ashcroft, reporter with KSL.com in Utah. Emily, um, do you think the jury is going to be upset that Gwyneth Paltrow's outfits in a single day cost more than many people, possibly on the jury, make in a year? You know, I looked at some analysis, you know, adding it up. One was 
88,000, I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. Emily, Emily, Emily Ashcroft. Don't just drop a bomb on me like that and expect me to just walk up and skate, walk away. What did you just say? Did you say $88,000? Did, did you say that? That's what one website said that I was looking at. I think it was the, the day two outfit they were analyzing. Wait, it's a, wait, it's wait. overcoat. I'm going to get to the collision in just a moment, but I've just got to understand... Emily Ashcroft is a well-known investigative reporter joining us from KSL. You did it again. First, you dropped a bombshell on me that one of her one outfit cost eighty-eight thousand. Now you're telling me it, that was day two. What was day two? What was she wearing that could possibly cost eighty-eight thousand dollars? It's got to be jewelry. There was some added jewelry on day two that was that I didn't notice on day one. Tell me, I have to know everything. Tell me. Well, if I if I knew that was what I was talking about, I would have pulled up the outfit earlier. You know but. about Google, right? I love Google. I mean, I did see this huge, chunky, gold necklace but i just assumed it was fake uh, while you find that in your notes emily ashcroft about day two why did it cost eighty-eight thousand dollars? daryl cohen is with me uh high profile entertainment lawyer former felony prosecutor now entertainment lawyer daryl okay when i was trying cases which were all of course felonies I very quickly realized I should wear navy blue or black every single day. No fancy jewelry as if I had any. I didn't have any to wear fancy jewelry, but um, no putting the fingernails and hair pull back. Why? Because most of my cases were, uh, after like the first year or two, were murders, uh Mass murder, which is more than one body, rape, sodomy, uh, aggravated child abuse. I didn't think it would be right to go prancing into court in a red mini dress with high heels and red nails. It just something screamed no about that. I don't know. I never really thought it through. But perceptions are very important in trials. They're very important. Well, Nancy, first of all, we start with we've changed the morning from crime stories to crash story. I'm glad you got that out of your system, Daryl. Okay, go ahead. I had to. You want to look up to a jury, not down to a jury, and you don't want to offend anyone. I like that. Wait a minute. I've never thought about that. Okay. I mean, you do know I had to teach two night jobs, uh, teaching while I was prosecuting to pay the house note and the car note and the car continuously smoked from under the hood at every red light but that said I didn't really have anything fancy to wear to court but why are you saying that Daryl and I like what you just said by the way I've never heard that because you always want the jury to connect with you if possible and you want to look up to them and talk up to them rather than as so many lawyers talking down to them using legalese you use the language that you believe the jury relates to and you act the way you believe the jury wants you to act. It has nothing to do with the evidence, but it has everything to do with the case. And you know another thing? For instance, um, I went to the dentist recently, and right in the middle of whatever he was doing, it's always something complicated, and I always have to see a specialist. He said, you know, I was on one of your juries. I nearly bit that drill right in half. I'm like, what's that? Gee, I hope I was nice, at least to the jury. And he said, you were, you were very nice. It was a murder case. And as soon as he told me one fact, I remember not only the trial, but I remembered him, what he was wearing specifically. Because I remember, believe it or not, Daryl Cohen, I thought, wow, that juror has got on a really nice cashmere V-neck sweater. I mean, I, in my fashion illiteracy, even knew what cashmere was. So I remember that, and now that I, I, I put the two together. So that made an impact on me. And I remember one defense attorney, um, who shall go nameless, had these long, blood-red, uh, what do you say, acrylics, and dripping acrylic nails, and dripping in diamond jewelry. And when she would walk in front of the jury, she'd have a piece of paper. And she held it not with her fingertips, but with her claws. I mean, her acrylic nails. And she would walk on really high heels, which gave her a stilted posture. 
And I've just watched her the whole trial. And do you know, after that guilty verdict, that's one of the first things the female juror said to me, was she drove us crazy with those high heels trying to walk around a courtroom. Now, and I remember that. So what you're saying is absolutely true. Hey, Emily Ashcroft, what about day two? Any update on that? I know you thought you were just going to give me the facts of the case, but it's so much more, Emily. Go ahead. Tell me about day two. So that necklace, um, it looks like the necklace was priced at about $65,000. So so that is the item that caused the outfit to be so expensive. It's a foundry gold. A what? Foundry. Okay, I don't know what that is. Is that an expensive jewelry? I, I don't line? either. I don't shop for jewelry at that price. But you know, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Jackie here in the studio has been obsessed with what Gwyneth Paltrow was wearing, and I keep going. It doesn't matter, Jackie. Although we have now finished talking about it for like five minutes. Okay, Jackie wants everyone to know Paltrow. Paltrow wore a G label by Goop belted cardigan. Uh, blah 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 blah. $595. Oh, I get it. So she's wearing her own clothing off of her, her website. Okay. You know what? Um, you were just hearing her state that she lost a day of skiing while he, the plaintiff, who is the one who is suing, the respondent would be the one that's getting sued. He claims he's got brain injury. Now weigh those two out, but as Emily Ashcraft is pointing out, the necklace was sixty-five grand, and Jackie wants everyone to know she wore a Goop cardigan for six hundred dollars. Goop, Goop, Goop! You think that these jurors even know anything at all about Gwyneth Paltrow's website? Well, I wonder if they know this. Take a listen to Paltrow again on Seth Meyers. It's a candle. Yeah. And. Um, so it's called This Smells Like My Vagina. <laughs> uh, so it sort of started as a joke. We were, I was with the nose Douglas Little at, for his brand Heretic and we were kind of messing around and uh, I smelled this beautiful thing and I was like, this smells like my vagina. <laughs> and I was kidding, obviously. Um, and we were on mushrooms. And, no, we weren't on mushrooms. We weren't. We weren't. Yeah. But um, so then it actually became kind of a funny thing where it was a really funny to us. Yeah. Um, but also a little bit punk rock. And, you know, I mean, I think women, uh, a lot of us have grown up feeling certain degrees of shame around our body or whatever. So this is just a little bit of a, you know, subversive candle for all of us. father takes time away from his rampage to write letters to his daughter, sending them to relatives as she is still in hiding. I have letters he wrote like the week he murdered someone, and that's so disturbing to me, and the letters just continued and continued. Five years go by. Jen now in her fourth grade class when her mom shows up at school, something mom never does in the middle of the day. She said, I'm going to walk you home and um, halfway home, we, we sat down and she said, I need to tell you something. Um, you remember how I told you that daddy was very sick and his new wife is a very bad person. She said he, he didn't get better. He got much, much worse. He hurt a bunch of people. It was like the bursting of a bubble. The murderous couple captured and soon dubbed by the media as the witch killers. At just nine years old, a little schoolgirl, Jen learns at a much too early age what a dark and evil place this world can be. I was sleeping with knives and scissors um, because if daddy could kill people, then anybody's capable of murder. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It's a candle. Yeah. And um, so it's called This Smells Like My Vagina. <laughs> uh, so it sort of started as a joke. We were I was with the nose Douglas Little at, for his brand Heretic, and we were kind of messing around, and uh, I smelled this beautiful thing, and I was like, this smells like my vagina. <laughs> and I was kidding, obviously. Um, <laughs> And we were on mushrooms, and we weren't. We weren't. Yeah. But um, so then it actually became kind of a funny thing where it was a really funny to us. Yeah. Um, but also a little bit punk rock, and you know, I mean, I think women. Uh, a lot of us have grown up feeling certain degrees of shame around our body or whatever. So this is just a little bit of a you know subversive candle for all of us. I'm just letting all that soak in. Karen Stark joining me, renowned psychologist in the New York area, joining us out of Manhattan. You can find her online at KarenStark.com. That's Karen with a C. Unless her vagina smells like cedar, I think that um, a lot of her statements were obviously uh, made in jest. I don't know how funny a jury will think they are when they find out that her website, Goop, is worth $250 million. Well, on top of that, Nancy, she's doing a lot of I mean, she's doing a lot of insider jokes, you know, like joking that she was on shrooms and things like that. What we were talking about, it's not appealing to a jury. They don't, they're not part of Hollywood and laughing about a candle that smells like a vagina. So you kind of hope that she knows better than to make those kind of jokes, but it doesn't, it doesn't look good for the, to the jury that she has said a half day of skiing that she missed a half day of skiing. I don't know who prompted her, but who cares? You know, um, I'm going to go into the uh, plaintiff's trial attorney techniques, but enough about her vagina and her candle and her money and her wardrobe. What is the case about? Take a look to our friends at NBC. Gwyneth Paltrow is heading to court today in Park City over allegations of a hit-and-run ski crash in 2016. While at the posh Deer Valley Ski Resort, 76-year-old Terry Sanderson claims Paltrow skied out of control and hit his back, knocking him down hard, knocking him out, and causing a brain injury, four broken ribs, and other serious injuries. I was going slow, and then all of a sudden, I, I heard this, this absolutely horrifying screech. It was a hysterical scream. Sanderson says after the accident, Paltrow left him stunned, lying in the snow. The Oscar winner has a very different account of the collision, saying it was Sanderson who plowed into her and that it was she who sustained a full body blow. You know, um, there at Deer Valley, the prices are just through the roof. It's like uh, 
season pass is nearly $2,000 for an adult. So we're looking at a very posh ski resort. So let me ask you, Emily Ashcraft is joining us with KSL.com. Emily, four broken ribs, a brain injury. Now, I know four broken ribs can easily be established through an x-ray uh, uh, hold on. Dr. Harvey Castro joining us, board certified emergency care physician and CEO of ChatGPT, author of Revolutionize Your Health and Fitness with ChatGPT's Modern Weight Loss Hacks. That is a mouthful. Dr. Harvey Castro, <laughs> would the broken ribs show up in an x-ray? Uh, yes. Uh, you're talking about, the, I'm sorry, the broken ribs? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's subtle, but it's uh, if you're near a doctor, you should be able to catch those. Those are pretty simple. And I, I remember seeing them online, actually, and, and I could see the fractures. You saw his x-rays online? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I saw it on some website. They actually showed his x-rays. Yeah. And let me ask you this. You, looking at it online, could see the fractures, correct? Yes. What's correct. the difference between a fractured rib and a broken rib? In my opinion, it's the same. Um, layman's people will say, hey, this is just broken. Um, but the medical term would be a fracture. So basically a break in the bone. Now, the other allegation, uh, his claim, is that he had brain injury. That does not show up on an x-ray. How would that be determined? See, that's a difficult one. Obviously, we would, uh, as a doctor, we would have to do a CAT scan. And it goes with the combination of the immediate symptoms that a patient would come in with. Typically, a concussed patient will come in with headache, start vomiting, feeling a little confused, tired. And obviously, from that point, I would jump in and do a CAT scan. And then on that CAT scan, I could see early inflammation or signs of trauma in the brain. Uh, which I'm really interested in seeing his CAT scan if, if that report was available. Are you telling me that a concussion can be classified as a brain injury? A concussion, um, at first, it's a very mild form. Um, you can say, yes, this is a brain injury, but again, it's mild. On this particular case, you're looking at long-term, uh, what they call a post-concussion syndrome. And unfortunately, a lot of those symptoms are very subjective. For example, if someone says they have a headache after having, like in his case, he had an um, injury and he's later saying, hey, I'm having a headache, I'm having trouble with emotional behavior, fatigue, all these symptoms to me, it's hard to say, well, did he read the textbook and kind of came in saying, hey, I have these symptoms or... Um, does he really have these symptoms? And that's really hard to tell. Back to Emily Ashcraft joining us, KSL.com in Utah. Emily, what does each side say happened? What does Paltrow say happened? Yeah, so Paltrow says she's skiing along and some, some man comes right up behind her. She says his skis came between her skis, pushing her legs apart a little bit. And they skied together for a few seconds. And then she says that they both kind of fell down together with her on top of him. Um, and he says that he's just skiing. Here's a loud scream behind him. And that, this is what his attorneys say at this point because he hasn't testified. Um, but she just kind of plowed him down. Um, his, his experts have said that there was a lot of force behind that to break those ribs. Wow. Okay. Now, we, we've heard from Dr. Harvey Castro about the ease of detecting a fractured or broken rib. A brain injury is much more subtle in many cases and would require a CAT scan. Nancy? Yeah, go ahead. I was wondering, with a brain scan, I and you're trying to figure out if there's damage, don't they do testing, like um, psychological testing to assess that? I was thinking that they must have done some kind of testing. I'm sure we're going to hear about it, but I, I don't believe that his CAT scan has come in yet, has it, Emily? I haven't seen that in the case, but we have had his doctors talk about their evaluations. Yeah, yeah. And like Karen Stark is saying. So let's hear exactly what Paltrow is saying. Take a listen to our friend Jim Murray. During opening statements that today, Paltrow's lawyer said Sanderson was the one who crashed into her. Suddenly she sees two skis appear between her skis. And a man comes up right behind her, almost body to body like this, and starts groaning. He says, did you, or you ran into me? And Gwen's like, no, 
You ran square right into me. Huh. So the inconsistency starts right there on the slope with a lot of finger pointing at each other. Take a listen to more of Moray. When I spoke with Sanderson in 2019, he told me he was skiing with friends when Paltrow smacked into him. And boom. I got clobbered in the back. He was 69 years old when this happened, so that is part of Paltrow's claim against him, that these are prior injuries, that he was already complaining about not feeling like himself and having decreased vision in his eye. They even say he shouldn't have been skiing that day. Huh. Okay, so we hear the claims against each other, but he, the retired optometrist, has a, a witness. Take a listen to Craig Ramon. Well, we were skiing down, down uh, the bend, uh, the down the run, and then and then I heard this 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 yell, this, this this scream, and then I looked over, and then about you know maybe one or two seconds, um, and then I heard the scream, and then and then and then I see this 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 skier just slam into the back of Terry, and when and she just slammed him. How hard? Very hard. He's, he, I mean, very hard. And more from this same witness on NBC. Listen. An acquaintance of Sanderson's, who says he was just feet away from the collision, describing what he saw. She just slammed him. How hard? Very hard. He's, he, I mean, very hard. So he's, he's kind of he's kind of spread eagle, and he goes face down, and then Gwyneth's on the top of him, and then they go down like this, and then Gwyneth hits him, and then bounces off. Craig Ramon saying Paltrow then quickly got up, didn't speak to anyone, and continued down the mountain as he tended to his injured friend. I said, do you know where you are? And he just shook his head and just like, no. Joining me right now is uh, Jason Jensen, private investigator and owner of Jensen Private Investigations, the co-founder of Cold Case Coalition, and you can find him at JensenPrivateInvestigations.com. Jason, thanks so much for being with us. You brought up a really good point about the ski instructor. Would you repeat that, please? Yeah, what's interesting about this is we got very polar opposite testimonies developing here where Sanderson claims it was Paltrow's fault. Gwyneth is claiming that it was Sanderson's fault. The differences between these two skiers are Sanderson is a 30-year experienced skier, whereas Gwyneth Paltrow was going down the slopes with an instructor. The, the problem that I see developing here is Typically, when you're learning to ski with an instructor, you're not going very fast. And everybody shares the hill going in the same direction. That's a really good point. And I've been looking at the case like a Rubik's Cube, looking at it every which way. But Jason Jensen, you're right. Well, you should consider being maybe a private investigator, the way you analyze those facts. <laughs> with me, another special guest, in addition to our other all-star panel members, Mark Danola, ski safety expert at Rye Risk Ski Safety Consultant, and you can find him at ryerisksconsulting.com. Mark, thank you for joining us. I've got so many questions about this case, but I'd like to hear your initial thoughts. My first thoughts on this case uh, sort of follow the whole idea that if she is with a ski instructor with her children, they're not skiing fast. Uh, they, you know, her children are learning. Uh, she had hired a, an instructor to take them down the mountain. And you, that is uh, an important fact when you consider that the plaintiff in this case has 30 years of experience. And uh, if he's skiing down this trail with that type of experience, his sense of speed uh, is going to be a lot different than Miss Paltrow's. And I would suspect that someone with that kind of uh, experience skiing a green beginner run is he's going to be skiing a lot faster than those around him. And, you know, he has a duty to always stay in control and uh, be able to stop and avoid other people or objects. And if Paltrow is to be believed uh, with that background, uh, if she is hit in the back, it's game over. Just trying to figure out if we're going to hear anything about injuries to her back at the time. Emily Ashcraft joining us, KSL. She 
left the <clears throat> traumatic event and went and had a massage. I wonder if the masseuse is going to be called to testify to any bruises or scrapes on her back. Have we heard anything about that? No, I haven't heard any mention of that. Huh. Yeah, I think I would have would have heard about it, heard that listed if, if they were planning on to bring a masseuse in. Because that would be... I would believe Daryl Cohen, which we always look for in trying a case, an impartial witness. This last guy we heard from, Craig, he is a friend of the plaintiff, Terry Sanderson, age 76. One thing that really jumps out at me, uh, Daryl, is what Jason Jensen said and what Mark Danola said describing this slope. It was kind of like a bunny slope. Would you say that, Mark Danola? Yes, it's a beginner slope. Uh, designed for all uh, abilities to ski. But it's also in the same sentence that it's really designed for people who are learning to ski. Exactly. So, Daryl Cohen, I would be looking for an impartial witness, not somebody that was in the skiing party with either one of them, not with the doctor and not with Gwyneth Paltrow. Someone on the outside looking in, like, you know, maybe the masseuse. Or maybe someone else skiing there that day. What do you make of that? Well, Nancy, I think it's, I would agree with you, but it's difficult because remember, it's cold in Park City. So everybody's wearing ski jackets, everybody's wearing face coverings, and most people are probably wearing helmets. So though someone may have seen this collision, whether it was he into her or her into him or they into each other, nobody paid much attention because this is what happens. It happens all the time. That's why Park City is no longer being sued because on the ticket, on the lift pass, it says, you know, it's inherently dangerous. Be careful, boys and girls. It's going to happen. And so, yes, I would love an independent witness, but I don't see him or her coming forward. Obviously, it's pretty late in the game because of all of those reasons. And the massage therapist, I mean, look, you're well covered. You've got your ski gear on. You've got your your thermal underwear. You've got your socks. You've got everything. So you're not going to be that visibly hurt unless you really collided at a very severe speed. Do you just, just blurt things out? It's like stream of consciousness. Because you really think, I believe, that underwear is going to protect you from a bruise that caused the other guy to get four fractured ribs? And Nancy, it can be fractured ribs can be just because underwear. I'm talking about the underwear. You said she's wearing thermal underwear that would keep her from getting bruised. That's total BS, man. That in addition to the other items, not just underwear, sweaters, all heavy jackets. Okay. Okay, Daryl Cohen. And and you're no stranger to these slopes either. And these slopes are expensive, aren't they, Daryl Cohen? Oh, my gosh. They are so expensive. If you blow your nose, there's somebody there with a tissue waiting for you to help you. That's not expensive. Tell me what you're talking about. What kind of money? I mean, is this going to cost me more to take the twins there than to, let's just say, cruise around Okefenokee Swamp and look at the gators? Help me out here. What money are we talking about? We're talking a couple hundred dollars a day for for a lift pass or more. Per person? Per person. Oh, it's not per group. It's per person. Okay, guys, we're hearing what the... um, what the claims are, you hear what Terry Sanderson, now age 76, is, cl- is claiming. But I want you to hear um, what happens in court. Take a listen to our Cut 16. Your Honor, we have a new camera pointed directly at my client right there on the right, which we understand is from the AP. This is a... During the recess, I'll have the court representative, Tanya, take a look at how that camera's pointed and make sure that it's pointed at the lectern rather than at the council table. And I want to be advised if there are new changes, because it's just by chance that we see that there's a camera pointed directly at her, which is contrary to the decorum order. So I don't want changes without reporters telling you. Okay, Emily Ashcroft joining us from KSL.com. Is Gwyneth Paltrow the Oscar winner who's been in dozens of movies and on dozens of high-profile talk shows? Is she actually complaining about a camera? Yeah, they are being extremely particular about cameras. There's one photographer. There, there are some video cameras in the room in addition, but we have one photographer that's let in. He has to sit in his seat while he takes pictures, and she has a, a, a 
probably a bodyguard that if she's walking in the hall and he sees any phones pointed at her, he is on them. They are being extremely careful about photos. At one juncture, didn't uh, Paltrow hold up her notepad, which, by the way, is also from Goop, and she says the thing she likes about it, Jackie, just so you know, is there no, the paper isn't lined, so she can just put her innermost thoughts and feelings, quote, all over the page. Okay, I thought that's why we have lines, so you don't write all over the page so you can read what you wrote. That said, is it true, Emily Ashcraft, that she actually held up the note the notebook to hide from one photographer yeah so on, on that first day that i was there she was sticking that notebook into between herself and that photographer every time she walked in and out or or at least most times i i think that's died down was it just one photographer there's just one associated press photographer in the room yeah okay okay so let me understand it's not like the horde of paparazzi chasing Diana down the highway, right? It's one photographer. One photographer. And there are a few other photographers that have been kind of waiting outside, but they're not allowed to take any photos in the courtroom. So there might be five or so while she's going to her car. Okay. All right. Guys, let's hear more. This is from our friends at Inside Edition. His x-ray was shown in court. After his accident, he deteriorated abruptly. And many of the activities that he used to do, he stopped doing. But Paltrow claims he hit her. And Paltrow's been getting a little free advertising during the trial. The lifestyle guru who founded her own luxury brand, Goop, has been wearing her own designs into court. Today, Paltrow wore a belted cashmere cardigan sweater from her fashion brand, G-Label by Goop. It's currently on her website for $595. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. All we he- we're hearing about Paltrow is losing her half day of skiing, her wardrobe, and our $250 million website. From him, we're hearing actual complaints. But is he telling the truth? Uh, Take a listen to our cut 44, Paltrow, under questioning, where she says she actually thought she was being sex assaulted. You guys are on the ground. Now, you you realize, right, and you're not saying to the jury that this was in any way, shape, or form a sexual assault. I am not saying that. I'm just saying what went through my mind for a split second when it was happening. All right, great. So you're down on the ground, and then you started yelling at him. 
I I don't remember if I started yelling at him while I was on the ground. I remember pushing away because I was very upset and it was still very strange to me what had happened. Um, and I pushed down the hill and I turned around and I said, and I yelled at him. Is he telling the truth? Because you know what? There have been a lot of claims in the past that were totally fake. Take a listen to our cut 32, our friends at ABC. Now listen to this. These are two seniors, age 68 and 72. Two women, I think, at a grocery store. A Publix, I think it was. And thank goodness they've got cameras in Publix. Because these two seniors stage a slip and fall. It's called right there on camera. Take a listen. Two Brevard County women are in trouble with the law after police say they staged a slip and fall accident in Publix. The video shows 72-year-old Janella Howard getting down on her hands and knees. She even adjusts her hair before lying down. 68-year-old Susan Snow is her caregiver, then pushes her shopping cart away to look for help. Rescue crews eventually take Howard away. The two women try to sue Publix for $300,000. They're nuts. I don't think they can get away with it. I mean, unless they can prove they fell. Investigators say six people have been arrested for fake slip and falls at other Brevard stores and gas stations in recent months. I love the way the one senior fixed her hair before she slipped and fell. But one of my favorites is a guy. This is Mick McCormick, WYFF in Spartanburg staging a fake fall in a grocery store and there was a lot of staging going on in this one i love watching it i've watched it over and over and over take a listen to our cut 31. a man claimed he slipped on a puddle near a wet floor sign in jimmy's fresh air galaxy surveillance video from the grocery store shows him on the floor after the so-called accident and how it all went down at first he's walking around shopping you can see a bottle of yellow colored juice in his cart he walks down an aisle and when he gets to a yellow wet floor sign he moves it the store's owner says the man opens the bottle and lets the juice pour out he walks away then goes back to the cart and keeps walking the owner says the man puts the bottle on a shelf in another aisle then returns to the aisle where he poured the juice and plops down near the puddle paramedics took him to the hospital the store to review the surveillance video and called police. Officers investigated and decided to charge 40-year-old Michael Reinhardt with shoplifting for using the juice and attempting to obtain money by false pretenses. So he got a T by S for using the juice, theft by shoplifting, on top of char charges of fraud. And there's another thing uh, we have to take into account. Gwyneth Paltrow, who I love as an actress, I loved her in Emma. Lucy and I have watched Emma like three times. Um, you have to take into account she's very high profile and a lot of people might target her. Is that true here? Don't know. But take a listen to our Cut 35 and another case like that. Listen. Britney Spears was once sued by a man who claimed he was her friend and that they had an oral agreement for him to be her manager. Considering how crazy things were in the years before the conservatorship was set up, anything's possible. Sam Ludfi claimed he was owed money from 2007 when the oral agreement for manager was in place. He also accused Britney's mother of libel and her father of battery. The case got in front of a judge in 2012, and the judge dismissed it. Lutfi appealed. The case languished for a few more years until Brittany gave him a settlement to go away. TMZ said that Lutfi settlement was in the low six figures. Oh, my stars. Just taking a shot at Brittany, the Sam Lutfi dude. I remember him. And you've got Jennifer Lopez. Love her. Take a listen to this lawsuit filed against her. Jennifer Lopez is currently happily married to Ben Affleck, but he was not her first husband. That title belongs to Ohani Noah. Ohani was the manager of the world-famous Conga Room when he and J-Lo became husband and wife. After a beautiful ceremony with 250 friends and family present, J-Lo asked Ohani to come to work as the manager of her restaurant, Madres. For $1,000 a week, Ohani Noah became the manager of Lopez Madres in Pasadena, California. Ohani was promised that no matter what happened in the marriage, he would never be fired without cause. Well, six months later, his marriage was headed for divorce and he was fired. So he sued his now ex-wife slash boss for breach of contract. Seriously, what did he think was going to happen? 
And of course, Jamie Foxx was targeted, was sued by a bartender. I don't know if targeted is exactly the right word. Take a listen to this. Jamie Foxx threw an after party for his unpredictable tour. And to make it extra special, he tricked out the bar with a fully sculptured ice bar. Bartender William Pressler claims he was hired to work the party, and he claims that representatives from Belvedere Vodka and China Grill Restaurant argued with Fox employees over whether the sculpture was safe to work around. Well, it turns out it wasn't safe for a man with a bachelor's in neuroscience attending to a medical externship while bartending to pay the bills. William Pressler claims he slipped on ice that overflowed from the bar. When he fell, a shard of glass sliced his left hand, severing three nerves and requiring 170 stitches. Pressler gave up his plans to go to medical school and become a brain surgeon. Instead, he sues Jamie Foxx and others for everything from negligence to emotional distress. Wow. Okay. Is that happening in this case? Don't know. But we do know Paltrow has been on the stand giving her side of the story. I want to go back to ski safety expert uh, at RyeRiskConsulting.com, Mark Dunola. What, if anything, do slopes do to avoid crashes just like this one? Well, uh, the ski patrol is uh, the front line for any ski area to give the safety message that you got to ski in control and stop or, in a, a fashion that you can stop or avoid other people or objects uh, and that the people downhill have the right away. Um, typically, a ski area like the, the one in question, um, they would uh, be advertising uh, ski safety when you buy your tickets, when you're at lunch, uh, maybe on the hill at the when you get on the lifts. So it's it's a well known uh, effort by the ski area operators to. Give the safety message that you you got to ski in control. Hmm. Especially if this is a bunny slope, uh, a learning slope, and you've got your children with with you, I would think that this would be a pretty tame way to introduce them to skiing. And to Jason Jensen, private investigator, owner of Jensen Private Investigations, and co-founder of Cold Case Coalition, what should investigators be doing to prove this case one way or the other? Well, definitely what was kind of alluded to earlier today is that if you're going to sue somebody for any injury, you're going to want to have independent witnesses to corroborate your claims, especially here where we got competing lawsuits where she's counterclaimed. You're going to want to have better evidence than he said, she said. Mm -hmm. So you'll want to go take an investigator and go find anybody that may have been involved with you during that day, whether it be ski patrol, ambulance, medical, you know, the, the masseuse, people at the, at the concierge or whatever that could help you corroborate that your claim was made early on. Nancy? Yeah, jump in, Karen Stark. What about the ski instructor? Exactly. Would he be considered impartial? To Emily Ashcraft, was the ski instructor right there when it happened? Yeah, so he says he didn't see it happen, but he saw the immediate aftermath. Got it. It would have taken a few seconds for it to happen. And, you know, another issue to Dr. Harvey Castro joining us, and you can find him at harveycastromd.info. Dr. Castro, I'm hearing about his injuries, his broken, fractured ribs, and his alleged concussion slash brain injury. I'm hearing about her half a day loss of skiing. But really, those injuries don't tell me whose fault it was. Really, do they? Correct. It doesn't. Uh, it's hard to tell. And, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, in the emergency room, we do a CAT scan. But by now, I know he's had multiple MRIs, multiple scans, multiple exams by different providers. Uh, there should be a laundry list of different medical records that they should be able to go back and, and look at these symptoms to see if these are truly medical. As an aside, I'd really want you, everyone to know about this because I don't think a lot of people know this, but... Uh, Dr. Wendell Gibby, he's actually the radiologist that read um, the uh, CAT scan initially, but he actually owns an AI company, and I'm not promoting his company in any way, but I find it interesting that you have the founder CEO of a major corporation reading a CAT scan on a very uh, famous case, and it makes me wonder if the CAT scan uh, radiologist called him and said, hey, this is a big case. 
we want you to be on this. And if you go on his website, it's really interesting because he, he talks about himself being a practicing neural interventionist radiologist of his own technology that he uses. So it almost seems kind of interesting how all of this is coming to play because of this particular case. You know, Dr. Castro, I would never have thought of that. But I do love Daryl Cohen. Before I take a case to trial, to look at every single shred, every scintilla of evidence I can find about each witness so I can spring it on them on cross-examination or alternately prepare them for an intense cross-examination if they're my witness, right? You got it. Well, I hope all the lawyers just heard what Dr. Castro said. Guys, we're waiting for the outcome of this case. Gwyneth Paltrow, if she loses, she's going to have to make a lot more vagina candles. Nancy Gray signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.